Hello, how are you? So glad that we have our opportunity again this week to uh, spend time and chat with each other. I'm praying that everything has been going well for you and yours and uh, that all is well with you. Tonight we're going to be talking about, I wonder what true religious reform would look like. We hear so much about reform. We, we hear about uh, governmental reform, socioeconomic reform, police, police reform, and prison reform, and all of these things. And we hear so much about the division with religion, what we believe, how we believe, who we believe to be the God, who some don't believe. I was looking at videos today and some were um, uh, disputing one of the major three religions and and this person was actually in a court session and uh, he was telling an atheist, because the atheist was actually putting down uh, Christian values and also this particular religion's values and was saying how that religion was uh, very volatile, um, that they were hateful and liked to start wars and all of these. And this gentleman decided to tell them that out of the, uh, I think, 1.6 billion of those in this particular religious culture in Europe and in America or all across the world, the majority of them were not hateful and that only a certain amount happened to be uh, hateful and, and had done heinous things. And then he had went on to say how the Christian culture had been uh, known to uh, kill the Jews and kill other Christians and this sort of thing. And my take on that is, which is the truth, we know this. Everyone that said they were a Christian were not. Everyone that says they are a part of a, another religion doesn't mean that they are. In order for us to have a, a solidarity with the belief that we have, if we have a, a holy book, you must be very learned in it or trying to get there. You have to, uh, if you're going to be dedicated to your belief, you have to know why you believe what you believe. And you have to uh, allow that particular culture, that particular, your particular belief, uh, you have to allow uh, yourself to open up to the presence of your God. Now, I'm going to say this. Out of the three main religious uh, beliefs, there are other beliefs that you don't hear much about. You don't hear any uh, violence even though they have multiplicity of gods, you don't hear about the women not having much value. You don't hear about 
how the men are able to get as many wives as they want that they can afford up to a certain number and that uh, the children would be, have more value than the, the property than the wife. Uh, you don't hear about those things. You don't hear about in some cultures that you're able to just say that you're done, you're divorced and it's over. Um, and all of these things. So these people were warring against, trying to get the stance of their religious belief. Now, I wonder, what would really spiritual reform look like? Now, we know that in the scriptures, that has been attempted many times, especially in the Old Covenant, and especially during the time of King Hezekiah. And if you have your Bible with you, let's just read a little bit how Hezekiah was wanting to celebrate the Passover and see what happened there. And it's in the 30th chapter, 2 Chronicles. Then Hezekiah sent word throughout all Israel and Judah. And he also wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh to come to the Lord's temple in Jerusalem to observe the Passover for the, of the Lord, of the God of Israel. For the king and his officials and the entire congregation in Jerusalem decided to observe the Passover of the Lord in the second month because they were not able, get this, not able to observe it at the appropriate time. Not enough of the priests had consecrated themselves and the people hadn't gathered together in Jerusalem. The proposal please the king. They're going to wait a little bit. Not going to do it when the Lord has said to do it. Can't do it. And the congregation, so they affirmed the proposal and spread the message throughout all Israel that Bathsheba to Dan to come to observe the Passover of the Lord, the God of Israel in Jerusalem, for they didn't observe it often as prescribed. Not only did they not do it on time, they didn't do it as often as it's supposed to. Now this is what happens. When we are supposed to be doing what the Lord asked us to do, we're supposed to be humble enough to allow Him to uh, rule and reign in our lives. We get to the point where you just get so beside yourself that it doesn't matter if you look stupid to people it doesn't matter because you love the Lord that's the way it's supposed to be you're not out trying to uh, uh, criticize someone else's belief because in the Christian belief which is a relationship we are supposed to be Christ minded Christ like we I understand that in some um, cultures you got to understand that they don't always uh, believe that God even has a relationship with man that way. That he's not someone that uh, is really that approachable. You pray, you pray towards him, but he's not accessible like he is that Christ had taught us that he is. So if we're going to have spiritual reform, what would it look like? One thing I would know of certainty because Hezekiah showed that too. After they had torn down the idols, they had worshipped the Lord, they had finally had the Passover like they were supposed to have. And not only did they have it for a week, 
they had it for two weeks because the people were so excited about it. They had not had a celebration like that since the time of Solomon. And Solomon sure enough knew how to worship. He got that from his father before he had started getting chronic. But he knew how to celebrate and no one celebrated like that since Solomon but until Hezekiah came along and decided that he was going to worship the Lord. And I mean the people were ecstatic about it. And couldn't you imagine? It's like being without water for a while. And as we said, he was creating reformation because there were so many idols that was being brought to the temple. People were halfway worshiping the Lord, uh, partway worshiping the Lord, and no way worshiping the Lord in some areas. And Hezekiah had come behind a lot of kings that had done this. So he's having to clean up, reform, transform these people, get their mind back on the Lord. And he decided that since you all are getting corrupt even in your offerings, how you praying, you are paying the priest. Let's get this stuff back together. And that's what he has started doing. He even gave some from his own treasury so that he could take care of the Levites and the priests because things had gotten out of order. And isn't that amazing now in the house of God? Things have gotten out of order. People can't even come to the Lord like they want to come. Uh, and it's, it's amazing also that the leaders can continuously do this to God's people. Make an excuse. Make it okay. Selling out God's blessings. Putting a price tag on it. Martin Luther, who started a reformation in the Catholic Church, he got sick and tired of uh, the priests charging people for blessings. And others could not get that blessing. They got sick of it. So that's how the Lutheran church came about. Still has some uh, ways of the Catholic church. What would reformation look like to us? What would spiritual reformation look like? I tell you what. I know this for certain. If reformation really were to take place in any of these entities that I described, whether it's in the government, the police, uh, socio-economic, uh, wherever it, oh, the uh, prison system most definitely. If Reformation were to take place, that means that things would have to change. You're going to have to clean somebody out of the way. It can't be the same mindset. You can't keep the same people in there if what they were doing was not working, right? They would have to go. So in the body of Christ, that seems to be where it has to be also because everybody that's in leadership have not been called. 
And then some that have been called have crossed over now. They've forgotten their first love, like the Lord said. Now they just acting like they're spiritual jump-offs. I'm sorry that it sounds so raw. Normally I'm on another platform and they're used to me coming just straight like it is. I deal with a certain group of people and I'm not trying to be offensive with you, but I will speak the truth of the Lord, most definitely. But it's the truth. Because the reason why I said it that particular way, because maybe someone wouldn't want to hear that the leaders are acting like spiritual harlots or spiritual whores, like the, the word clearly has said. When you start worshiping other gods, when you start doing other things, when you start putting him second, he says, then you start whoring around on him because he treats us like a bride. He said we are his bride. So if we have another lover, then... We we cheating on him is what he feels. Now he's compassionate, like he did with um, Hezekiah. These people were not even ready to do what they were taught to do. They couldn't even do the Passover at the right time. They wasn't uh, ready to do it as often as they were supposed to because they had now gotten unclean. They had gotten so caught up in their stuff, their life as they know it, and 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 some of them had even gotten to the point where they were corrupt even with the finances. Hezekiah had to get things back established. Apparently, these priests and these the Levites happened to someone wasn't even taking care of them like they were used to anymore because the Lord had established through Moses that certain offerings were supposed to be given to the priests and the Levites, those the the lay ministers, those that handled the things of God in the temple. They were supposed to live by that gospel. They were supposed to have certain offerings, a certain amount of meat that you was supposed to give to them was strictly for them. Their their clothes were supposed to be taken care of because they lived at the temple. They were supposed to, uh, uh, everything about their life was there. If they were a priest, they didn't leave the temple anyway. And if they were the high priest, they couldn't even go to their own family's funerals. So there were certain offerings set aside for them. They didn't have to ask. God had already said what was supposed to be established. But apparently during the time of Hezekiah, things had gotten so out of touch. They were so unclean that he said they couldn't even do what God told them to do. They couldn't have the, the Passover celebration. Because not only were the, as a matter of fact, the lay ministers were more, had kept themselves consecrated better than the priests. The priests couldn't even do it. They had gotten out of line. And Hezekiah had to intercede for them, ask the Lord to forgive them. And see, that's what he wants us to see. Regardless of how far we have gotten, it doesn't matter unless you come to the Lord. It, that's what's going to hurt you if you don't. If you get so cocky, if you get so arrogant that you can't come to him and you say, I'm sorry, Lord, I need you to fix this in me. He will. He's not out to destroy us. I know that's a wrap that the Christian church have gotten. I know. I understand. Because so many people have gotten themselves in the way. They have caused people to not even want to talk about being a Christian or talk about the things of church. Don't even talk about the gospel at all. It makes it so nasty and, and just contaminated because one, like we talked about before, what we want to do, our flesh is going to cry out. What we want to do is going to say, I want to do it. I want to do it. I don't care what you think about it. Really get up out of my face. I'm grown. You don't have to tell me nothing. Step off. Yeah, I want to say that. 
But when we get into a relationship with the Lord, that flesh may keep crying and hollering out and want to do it. But you get into the word. You get to know the Lord. You get to pray and you get to see how awesome he is and that he's not out to destroy us. He wants to embrace us. Then you're like, oh, well, wow, I don't have to fight. He's got this. He understands me and he's going to help me. Even when I slip, trip, and fall, he picks me up and he does, he wipes me off and he don't even bring that up in my face. And if I mess up again, he's going to do the same thing. He's going to pick me up every time I ask him to, he's going to do it. And finally, we get to the point we love him so much, we trust him because he loved us enough to run out to us. And he keeps running out after us. And he keeps holding his arms out the whole time. Even when we turn our back and run away from him, he's still running after us. And sometimes he may stand there and wait, but he's still waiting for us. So what would spiritual re religious reform look like if we were to clean out these churches? Because we got some liars in the body of Christ. Sure enough, lying scoundrels. Yes, we do. We have some corrupt pimped out pastors. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. We have some that's using the body just to make themselves look good. Sold their soul almost. Well, some of them have. They, they call it. Signed their contract where they, can, they can't say certain things about the Lord. Don't preach the gospel, really. Make it entertainment. Make it like a script. Oh, get the people up and blazing and, and happy and shouting, but don't really give them enough to change. Get them enough to keep hungry, keep coming back to you. Keep prophesying that they're going to get X amount of dollars if they send this in to me. But then they forget, you still, what you said I was going to get at a certain time and a certain amount, I still don't have. Then who's lying? Because if the Lord is going to give you something, he's not going to lie. It's going to manifest itself. And if you're not going to be there to see it, he'll even let you know that too. He doesn't hide anything from his people at all. He doesn't do that. So why is it then that uh, so many people are angry with Christian people, the church house, pastors, leaders? Why? Like I said. Because now the enemy has gotten in there and he knows that he can just make us look like a total fool. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't love us. He don't even like us. He wants to be like the Lord. He doesn't care what he does and who he uses. And there he is such a con artist. He makes those believe that what they're doing is right. I'll make it feel good. Okay, wait a minute. Let me see now. I can't really talk about that too much because if I do, somebody's going to talk about me. I did that. Oh, and if I really say anything about it, then it's going to expose that I knew that what I was doing is wrong. Come on now. We're supposed to go boldly before the throne. Don't mean you're so arrogant. Listen here, God. No, you don't want to anyway because you love him so much. When you realize that the holy, omnipotent, omnipresent God loves us so much that he even created us just because he wanted to. Just because he wanted to love on us. And he wanted to see himself in us. Wow, that, that's, that's enough to make you stand in all the rest of your life. 
that you knew that I'm going to make mistakes. You knew that sometimes I would not even be worshiping you like I'm supposed to because my mind is on something else. You knew that I would be half halfway ends at moments in my life because, oh Lord, you know, I'll, I'll be back to talk to you in a moment. But you still love me. When we can tell people that, that he's not out to destroy us, he wants us to be with him. That he, he's looking past what we do because he knows why we're doing it. And he wants to fix that why we're doing it. And when we allow him to, it's no longer we doing those things. We'll find that our appetite changes. So if we have spiritual reform, I really want to know what that looks like. A lot of these, uh, we have so much, like I said, so many divisions, so much devices in for what we believe, who we believe, how we believe, all of these things. And I know the enemy is trying to make a plan. It's already written that he wants to get everybody believing in one God, one world order, and it won't have anything to do with Christ. Understand that it really won't. That's not what he's trying to do. He wants... To finally get some glory. And he temporarily will for a moment. And that's what he's trying to do. He wants to imitate. But when you have leaders in the church. Actually telling people. That I wouldn't even talk to anyone except. Now I understand we have jobs. That's not what I'm talking about. People who have a job, yes, you're supposed to get paid for what you're doing. And if you're a minister of the gospel, the Lord says that if you, you live of the gospel, you should eat of the gospel. I understand that means that offerings are supposed to be given to you. But this, we're talking about just exploiting people. We're talking about people with the, the, the grandiose lifestyles that they don't even need. But because the enemy has played with them because they had once been poor, had done without a long time, he gets them to the point where, you know, your gift will make room for you. People really will like uh, hearing you. Or he might do the opposite thereof, make some people leave the ministry because they don't feel like they're getting the uh, attention or the validation that they were seeking. That needs to tell you that we need a heart fix if that's the case. Because regardless of what, if we're talking to just one individual and you only have that one individual to talk to the rest of your life, the truth is that God is still using you for his glory. He wants you to tell somebody that he loves them. He wants them to know that everything that's going through your mind that you figure that you had to be so perfect at, that's not even what I'm looking at. You are perfect to me because you created in my image and my likeness. Everything else, if you give it to me, I got this. If you let me handle that flesh, because I understand that that flesh was already contaminated. It already it was from the dust of filth. It was from the dust of debris of sin. So if you let me handle you that's really inside that house, don't worry so much about this. I got this. When we see that, we, we wouldn't have so much confusion, even in our conversations, because I understand our human nature. We want to be loved. We want to be accepted. We don't want to feel rejection. We want pleasure. Yes. We want to have happiness. 
Happiness doesn't always last, especially if you don't have the root of joy in you that regardless of what's going on, I have a foundation of peace. That I'm able to handle whatever situation is that's thrown at me because my source and my resource comes from the Lord. Now, that may sound crazy to someone that don't want to believe that. Okay, I just lost my job. I got bills to pay. I don't know where uh, I'm going to get gasoline in my car. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I don't know this. I don't. Know. But think about it. If you're still living, it's going to be done. I've been on that side several times, and nothing. It wasn't something that I did wrong. It's just situations change. Some things are thrown at you that you didn't even see coming. So some people can put you in situations that will make your foundation shake if you didn't know the Lord. And then go on as if it didn't happen. So you're talking about being taught the love of God. And you're going to have to fight that flesh because truly when things happen like that, the first defense you have is I really need to get them straight. And if I get the opportunity, I'm going to fix this. They are going to hear about that. <laughs> and let them try that one more time. That last reserve nerve I have. Oh yeah. The Lord understands all that. But then when we give it to the Lord, we realize that in all that we do, and even though it may be justified at that moment, would not solve anything. It would only make us hurt more. It would only hurt, have us to change. Our spirit start becoming contaminated. And if you get by with a little bit, it starts becoming a habit. And then we know better than those that are actually exploiting people. And that's hard to think about. I didn't cheat anybody. I'm not trying to tell people that they got to pay a certain amount of dollars before they can even hear a simple word from the Lord. While we on it, because I'm gonna do I do commercial breaks if you all ever come in to talk to me and I pray that you continue to come in on our chats. <laughs> this is a commercial break. Now listen, how is it that people I know that some people don't believe that the fivefold ministry is still in operation, but it is. It's just that people flow differently. It's just that in different denominations, you don't call yourself actually who you are according to what the scripture says. You fall in that line is not really a fivefold, but he allowed you to follow. He said first apostles, first, second prophets, and then you go to the, the evangelist teachers and 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 uh the pastor. Uh you fall in this line if you're in the ministry. One of these you're gonna flow in there. You might not call yourself you may call yourself minister and some um denomination they call it pastor brother and the, the woman of God, uh, the pastor's wife, she's sister, and that's wonderful. I love it. But it's amazing to me, how is it then that I can uh, do whatever I want to do because I got this title. I can uh, actually take somebody else's spouse, I can take somebody's uh, money, I can do whatever I want to do because I got this title. But if you do something that I felt that 
I got spiritual backup to expose you on. I can crucify you on that. But dad, you say anything about your leader. You're not supposed to come against your leader. Hmm. I say this. Become my leader. Because you're not. You are not even doing what the Lord asked you to do whatsoever. And you have no right to be throwing off on God's people when you know one or two things. You either were where you're supposed to be and you left. Or you never was called in the first place. It's only two. There's nothing else. It's only two choices. You either were and you now messing up. Or you were never called and you're fronting. Enough already. Okay, we're back. So, now, Hezekiah <laughs> had gotten to the point. He had to intercede. He, here he's the king. And at that time, the kings were able to lay hands on. See, because that's showing the authority even in the government that we got to pray for. We got to listen, even though we don't, might not like them. We might not even like what they do. But we sure better be praying for him because the Lord says that nobody can get in position except he allow it. Now, if he allows somebody to get in a position that's totally, if we feel that they're corrupt and they're just not doing anything right, I wonder why. What is it going on with us that we're getting a leader that would be that way or do these sort of things? And what makes me so amazed about people, especially in our country, we feel like we can just say and do anything. We can just disrespect anybody. We have no, no respect or regard for any leader. No, you might not like them, but still, you still got to have a certain respect for their function. Pray for them. Even if they're totally all the way out there lying and corrupt and all of these things, they still are your leader. You pray for them. And here, at this time, Hezekiah, those going back to that, were able to lay hands even on the offerings. He was able to intercede for the priest and for the Levites. Now, the Levites and the priests were the ones that over the house of God. Remember, God set them aside for that. And here the king was able, because one, Hezekiah loved the Lord, and he was in that position where he was interceding for the priests who were no longer in their positions. They had gotten so corrupt with all sorts of idols, doing all sorts of sexual immoralities. And yes, the priests were married people. See, they got to understand, how are you all doing? I'm sorry I didn't say hello to you all. I didn't mean to, inter to be rude. But I don't always see your name. I may see something on the screen, but I don't always see your name. Thank you for joining me. But this is the thing. Here you are. You having the king to pray over the priest. You would think that would be the other way around, right? They had gotten so far gone in their selfishness, in their idolatry, in all of their sexual immoralities, that Hezekiah having to pray for them. They couldn't even do the, the, uh, the Passover. He said they were... Ceremonially unclean, something they were taught all of their lives. 613 Levitical laws from the time they were born, all the way their life. 
every aspect of their life, how to treat people, how to conduct business. Don't exploit people. Don't cover people. Even with your man and woman servant, you treat them with humanity. You, as a matter of fact, a lot of their servants or their slaves were actually, in, they were their heirs. They didn't beat them. You didn't have to, they didn't do that. It wasn't like what happened here. So let's just, just get that stuff out of the way. And that's another thing. We're going to get there too. But anyway, talking about everyone, talking about um, they, they're harping on this one thing. We get there. Just hold your finger up. <laughs> We're going to get there. But anyway, here we are, Hezekiah having to intercede for people that should be interceding for him. They had gotten so far gone. Doing whatever what they want to in the house of God. Taking as much money as they want to. Doing what they want to do with it. Until Hezekiah having to set back aside what God says. Okay, this is the offerings you're supposed to have. This is what is going to be brought into the house of God. Now, if we're going to have spiritual reformation, like I said, if, if there's really going to be re religious reform, then that's what needs to be done throughout the body of Christ. The Lord says, okay, all you jokers. They sit here with all these mansions that you know you don't need. All of these airplanes, all of these Lamborghinis, Ferraris, every Italian car you can think of that is 200 plus thousands and, and even up to the millions of dollars. What you need it for? When your people need light bills paid, they need food on their tables. They need some clothes on their back. They need a job right now. And all that stuff you getting on yourself, making yourself look good, won't have even taken my name off the stuff. You don't even call it a church anymore. You said it's your name, your name ministry. Really? If you take all that stuff that's really not yours, Put it back in that treasury like it's supposed to be. There will be no homeless people. There will be nobody needing uh, to have sicknesses and diseases because you have your own hospital and where they're laying on hands and casting out demons. But no, you acting like you stuck on stupid and can't get past go. But you're putting my name on it, though, right? Nope, not having it. So if we're going to have spiritual reform, let's do that. Call them out. All these jokers calling themselves prophets. And the first thing that come out of their mouth, I see God giving you a brand new house. I see God saying that if you give me $3,500 plant into this anointing, if you do that in 35 days, you're going to have a spiritual blessing. Really? That 35 days was 35 years ago and I still don't have what you said I was going to get. Who lying? Now, if they're going to do spiritual reformation, let's do that. Because we know the Lord is God of mercy. Yes, he is. He's full of tender mercies. But when these lying leaders trying to pimp out God's people, actually to the point where you can do whatever you want to do and crucify everybody else that's supposed to be under you, you're not called or you were called, but you done forgot who you were. You have a now gotten an idol. And we talked about before, the Lord will forgive us of everything. He don't accept blasphemy in his Holy Spirit, saying who he, who he really is, his essence of who he is, is unholy. Like, we are in our houses, but who we are inside, to say that we are not who God made us, mm, he, you can get by with that. But to say God is unholy, 
who can never be unholy. Now, this thing about uh, uh, light and dark of one and the same, that's a myth, that's a lie. The Lord clearly says they are no, they are enemies of each other. Because as soon as light comes, darkness leaves. It's not hanging, hanging around. It's gone. It cannot stay there. Evil cannot stay where there is holiness. There is no one and the same. You holy here and then you evil the next. That's not, that's not true. So the enemy is trying to give uh, uh, the body of Christ a bad report. Give us a bad reputation. And we were talking about how these different religions are competing to one another. And this is what I'm saying. We have to, if you are a leader over people, and all of us are leaders. I've said that before. Somebody is following you, whether you realize it or not. They're watching you. You were created in God's image and likeness for his very pleasure. So you're a leader, whether you are ordained or not. But those that are ordained, oh, help me, somebody, you already know better. You have no business whatsoever calling unclean clean. It matters who, doesn't matter who it is. If they are wrong and they're sinning and, and leading God's people astray, you're supposed to say, no, 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 no. I'm going to have to pray about it. But like I said, there's an order to everything. The Lord knows this. So you go and pray. Hezekiah was a king. He was the government of the authority over that place. He had every right to intercede for his people because that's one thing about a king. In order for him to look good, you got to. You got to have something. He doesn't want anybody in his kingdom lacking anything. It makes him look bad. You can't take care of your people. And so that means that if he has to take something from everybody and put it all in one purse so everybody can have something, that is what he's going to do because you are representing him. Everything you have belongs to him. It's under his authority. So he's not going to look bad. And we have people in the house of God. Actually, uh, there's ministers that well-known, they always well-known, <laughs> have actually... Uh, 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 thrown their wives under the bus. They have other women in their churches. They're exploiting them and then taking movies of their interactions, including their own wives, and have their son to come in and watch to make their wife, the mother look like she's nothing. These are sin and ministers of God, not only that, prophets of God, prophesying in people's lives, laying hands on people intimidating them to feel like if you leave that ministry and you know it's not holy, then you're going to hell. You are condemned to hell. You cannot leave this ministry. God didn't tell you to. Really? We really need religious reform because we know that according to the Lord, he, he's not religious. To be a real Christian, you can't be religious. I hope someone understood what I said. Give that, just, just pause, salah, calmly think about what I just said there. In order for you to be a true Christian, you cannot be religious. Cannot do it. You have to have a relationship with the Lord. Because if you were religious, you are going to put your mindset in it. That's your ideology, your limitations, your boundaries. It has nothing to do with Him. Because the Lord would say, 
Okay, I need you to go over there, like he told Jonah. I need you to go tell these people that if they don't get themselves back together, give up all their idols, then I'm going to have to destroy them. And as soon as you go there and tell them, they repent. And they turn their heart over to the Lord. You're angry because your religion said they should have been condemned. You sent me over there anyway. I knew you was going to do it. You know his heart. That's the thing we're supposed to tell people. His plan for us is never to die. It's to never be without him. It's to always have him inside of us and we inside of him. We are to duplicate him. He doesn't want us hurting. He doesn't want anything keeping him from us. So he tells us everything we need to keep us from being away from him. He loves the sound of our voices. And he even tells us how to worship him. And that's what Hezekiah was doing. He was doing a religious reform. Because all these other kings, like we said, some was half time serving him. Some part time. Some no time at all. They had all these idols with God and everything else. And he came in and he was tearing down the idols. He was tearing down their, their posts, the Asherah and, and, and Baal, because they're supposed to be the female and male God that they made to marry each other and have kids, okay? so But anyway, he's tearing all that down and all their altars, getting the, the, the offerings back like God said, this is what you're supposed to have and this is what you're going to have. Everything else, uh-uh, put it in this treasure and the people are going to be able to live off of it. Now, if we're going to do that here in America, I wonder how many of these churches would still last. I wonder how many of these people would get themselves off of TV and now just using the social media like it is their own television station just to corrupt people, telling them they can't even click in on to listen to them unless you're paying them. And it's okay. It's, like I said, some people got a job. They got a certain amount, though. It's a certain thing they need because they know they have their budget, just like any other church. They got their lights. They got their people they got to pay for it and all this stuff. They're not exploiting you. But when you have people calling themselves prophets, can come supposed to hear from God, the voice piece, the earpiece, the eyepiece of God, you creating things like the, the Ark of the Covenant and things like this of God calling people into conventions, charging them $1,500 plus. You can't even come and see them unless you they're paying you $50,000 plus, plus your people. And you sitting up there sinning like you crazy. You even bringing your, your girlfriend with you and you are the woman. And you come right there and telling these people all these things of what God is saying. And they don't even get it. Don't even see it anymore. Because they done been so, they so caught up in what you used to be. See, that's the heart of Christ. The church people, they want to still have faith in you. Because God does. That's when you know somebody really a Christian. They don't give up on you too fast. They know you're stuck on chronic. But they're not getting up, giving up on you too fast. But here these leaders, and these are well-known leaders doing this to God's people. Sitting up there lying. You watch the money they have that they're getting off God's people and actually laugh about it. Teach another preacher how to do it. You got people that sitting there living abominable lifestyles according to the Lord. That are in leadership. Now see he has mercy. 
on all of us, but when it comes to his his ministers, he's gonna get you hard. And these people are calling themselves prophets and apostles and bishops literally have gotten into conferences. If you knew, if I were to call the name, because Lord didn't release me to, so I'm not gonna do it. You really knew what was going on when you go into certain conferences and conventions and how they had already planned, gotten your information, sending out information to you to make sure you're going to be there, tell you how much you're going to pay. And then a certain um, crusades going out in the audience talking to people, then getting up there to the man or woman of God and telling them, oh, the Lord says this because you already know what they have in their pocket. And then people have gotten so confused about prophecy, they think that if I'm not telling you that you're going to get a certain amount of money, that I didn't prophesy to you. The Lord never ever, if they read that word, read his covenant, he has a way of doing things. When prophets give you a word, most of the time you are not going to want to hear it because it's not something you want to hear. It's something you need to hear. And it's what's on God's mind, what's in his heart. What's on his agenda, not man's agenda. And generally, at all times, it's going to cause you to either uh, get it right or you're going to have to get on out of the way. So most of the time, if you read the word, it would ask you, the people were saying, did you come in peace? Do you have a good word? They didn't want to hear what the, the prophets had to say. Are you serious? Even Ahab. Didn't want to even hear about what Micaiah had to say. It's like, this boy don't ever say anything good to me. And then when Micaiah wanted to tell him a lie, just like his other prophets, he said, didn't I tell you to tell me the truth? So we need spiritual, what would it look like? Spiritual, religious reform. Because spiritual, we don't need the spiritual reform because the Lord is the spirit, if you have him. But religious reform, what would that look like? What would these churches look like? The, the, the enemy is using this COVID thing, and you really, I'm telling you, body of Christ, you really need to be praying about it. I don't care how much noise the, the enemy is saying. I really don't, I'm not even going to go into some things. I'm just asking you to pray. Ask the Lord to show you some things, because there's certain things he will never change when it comes down to his way of doing things. His way of you ministering with each other. Now, why would he have mankind or anything else to usurp his authority? You can't do it. So we need to be praying, need to be thinking, need to be uh, uh, opening up our eyes on a lot of things. And I know you all are reading and I know what you know what they did in the old covenant. So I'm not going to say so much because I know the enemy is trying all kinds of craziness on Facebook had this man to actually try to, and the Lord showed me, try to uh, uh, humiliate me openly and um and generally for a while i wouldn't even open up um uh answer a lot of friend requests because i like to know those that are friend requests and majority of the people that are my friends i know you you've gotten to know me and i love you all like family i tell you i really do and those that i've gotten to know here in alabama i tell you i am so excited because my mother always said i was praying that somebody give you somebody that's going to love you when you get down there and i'm just thankful but then he'll tell you to okay i need you to open the doors you know who i made you i need them to hear words so i need you to start accepting some free requests so i did and this uh, young man decided that he was going to message me immediately 
and then immediately talking about how much he loved me. He's from a different country. And I, I, I knew better. I knew when the direction he was going to. It wasn't even spiritual. It's about how you can get him what you can get out of me. Please, really. You need to be praying for me to do what the, God, the Lord had me to do. But anyway, so I had already settled that thing I thought quietly. The Lord said, don't worry, I got this. And the next thing you know, today, he decides to put that openly. Um, I love you, beautiful. Would you message me? Now, what would that look like? Now, even if it was a, 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 a simple thing, if it was legit, he wouldn't have done it that way. So, I wasn't trying to be ugly. But I had to say what I said. And I said, I see that you can write. Now I want you to read this. And I put it in all caps. I am, I'm married. And that was it. And after that, I would never ever have a conversation with him ever again. Because you already know, I went click blocked. I don't have time for that foolishness. Because I know what the enemy would do. I don't have time for that. He wants to make the body of Christ look weak and sick all the time. And it, it just takes that one little thing to, well, did she really? Did she text him? I text a lot of gentlemen. They know I do, and it's legit. We talk and we pray. But that enemy was trying to use that young man to do something else that wasn't going to work for me. Mm -mm. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I was so sad, and I, I, uh, he told me, he said, I want you to go and look at some of the friends' pages. And let me tell you, Men and women of God, I need you all to help me pray. I was so sad and devastated to think that some of these beautiful young ladies, and I know, and the Lord was showing me, a lot of them are forced into this. You can even see, if you can see the way they set up, the way the photos are. So there's a lot of um, trafficking going on, but this one lady, that position that she put herself in, that's going to always be there, even after she's gone. Someone to be able to click that on and see this. It was just so saddening, saddening to me. And so I said, Lord, don't let me have to see any more people's pages. He, just, he said, you don't have to worry about it. So now if they ask for a free request, he said, I'm going to let you know to let them in or let them not. And so if any of you all see some of these people I've logged, to become friends and you look at some of their friends and you see some of these things that make you want to speak in tongues, cast out demons and all that stuff, understand <laughs> we're going to let God do what he got to do there. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, spiritual religious reform. Reform means to make it brand new. The Lord already told me that the year 2020, he told me this last year of course, 2020, the year of 2020 is the year of exposure to both the government and the church. He said that there's going to be people that you would not believe that's going to be exposed for the, some things that they are doing. We know that even in a government, because they're in a position, whatever party you believe in or uh, fighting for, doesn't mean that everybody in that party believes what they say they do. They are in a position to represent whoever who's put them in that position. Unlike a king, but this is what's going on. So you're praying for the body of Christ because you're about to find out that some of these leaders that we thought or many thought were the apple pie are not. 
and their heart is not right. But it's not like what people think. And it's not going to be such an obvious thing like people think. He told me that it's going to be, this election is going to be more uh, shocking and more upsetting than even the one before President Trump got in. That was a controversial bet uh, between uh, uh, Hillary Clinton and, and, and President Trump. This one is going to be more shocking. This is what he said. So we are praying. I don't know what, all that he has, some things he's shown me and he's keeping me, my lip zipped on that. Because he already told me there was going to be changing of the guards. We saw that happening. And it's continuing to happen. If some of the changing of the guard was so fast it make your head swim to even think about it. But there is, is going to be changing of the guards. So we definitely need to be praying. Because there are going to be some people that's going to be very upset. Because there are some agendas. There are people using people in position right now. To carry out. Agendas that you would not even dream that they would think to do. So he said to pray for, pray, and I know you are. I don't, I'm just saying that because I know you are. We're just reiterating. I have everyone to pray. But pray also for religious reform, meaning take that out. Allow those to, to really know who the true and the living God is. See, because we have so much competition, God's competition in competitiveness and it's not the gods because the other gods men create and others are saying that every god is the same and we know that it's not if we are Christian um, believers if someone says that they believe in the same god as I it can't be the same religion if we don't have the same beliefs in all things and another thing we got to understand when we have religious reform and we allow the Lord to have the relationship with us like we're supposed to we need to get back in that word like he said, don't let people trick you because when the Antichrist comes, he's going to make everybody believe what he want them to believe. And you need to know when you're hearing the truth or not. Because a lot of these preachers are getting the Bible, yes, and preaching from the scripture, but you don't even know. They just got down from bowing down to a baphomet. Got down from saying uh, oaths to Satan like you would not even believe. And some of the things they're saying would make you cringe. And I'm not making this up. And then they get back in the scriptures and preach to you because they feel they can. They feel like I'm just doing a certain thing. I know this Bible. Now this is also true. You got to pray for those that are in the movie industry and all this. Certain things Hollywood make them sign. They don't believe in that. But do you remember even in the old scripture it, it tell you, you know, I believe in your God, the God of Israel. But you know, when I go down, go with the king, I'm going to have to bow down when he's bowing down. But his heart wasn't in that. So you have a lot of these in Hollywood and in the, mov in the movie and music industry that these societies have made them sign some things they maybe didn't even know they did. But they do believe in Christ, and we need to pray for discerning to see that they do. And then when you look into the windows of the soul, their eyes, you're going to see a lot of them that it's like slavery. That they, to the point, they're either going to have to give up their career, or they feel like they got to continue. So, and, and if the Lord have them in a certain thing, let's pray that those that are over them be silenced and move out of the way. That God may get the glory out of their lives. So we are praying for religious reform, that our religion is tearing down and we have a relationship with Christ.
I know that's going to make some cringe and some talking about that they believe in the same God and then they so so divisive that I, I have even offended some that's even of the black culture because I acknowledge that my mom uh, uh, her fuck her grandfather was straight from Ireland which is the truth you can't deny who she is two tribes of Native American on her mother and father's side then on my father's side, there's a Native American, and his, his grandmother was from Ghana, the old Ghana from the Ashanti tribe, who believed in Christ, who married a Cherokee man. She, come on, to say that I, I have to deny any part of me to be a black woman, I know I'm black. If I have to constantly tell you who I am, it's one of two things going on. Either I don't know who I am, or you can't see me. Or, you never even been introduced. So I'm introducing myself to you. The only time Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. Is because you, those people didn't know he was. They were waiting for the Messiah to come and he's letting them know, I am he. So anytime he had to do that, wasn't trying to, to uh, be cocky. It was an introduction. He even asked them, who do you say I am? Because he said, what do people say I am? Some say this, some say that. He, the Holy Spirit, his own presence allowed Peter to know. You are the son of the living God. Only God could have told you that. He didn't have to say I am to them anymore. He didn't anyway. He asked them. They should know. He said, if you're around me, you should know. You should know those who are laboring among you. So let's pray for religious reform, religious reform, true religious reform. That when all of this stuff is out of the way, there won't be any more idols, no more division. That the Lord truly can rule and reign in us. Oh, I thank you all for joining me. You truly are blessings. I truly thank you. I thank you so much. I love you. With all of my heart. And I'm going to continue to tell you this. When you hear me, if you decide to come back and we live in next Friday and we're going to have another chat and we always talk about everyday life from a Christian perspective, I'm going to tell you the same thing. I love you with all of my heart and this is really true. And I'm going to tell you this other thing and it's more important. That God loved you first and he loved you best. God bless you all. Good night.